you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. This is Father Louis Skirty interviewing Bishop Coyne. Bishop Christopher Coyne is Bishop of the Diocese of Burlington, Vermont. Bishop, once again, thank you for these interviews. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Recently on uh, Morning News, there was a, a person being interviewed who is introducing of tech-free suppers. And what that means is People come to the table, families come to the table without technology, without phones, iPads, or any of those things. And you, you wonder how we got that way. We got to the point where we have to call it something. We have to name it, leave your stuff in your room or someplace else rather than come to the table. Give us, from your insight and your working with media, some of the downsides of uh, working with technology and, and technology's availability in our society, in our culture. Sure. I mean, there's some families, too, that uh, at family gatherings for the big holidays, they have a little game where everybody has to keep their cell phones on, and they throw them in the basket on the on the table, and the first one who has to answer the phone has to do the dishes. <laughs> We're going to make that nationwide. That's great. <laughs> so... Um, I think, you know, uh, as an aunt, another story like that is um, kind of a little bit of blowback that I got at one time um, when we were talking about asking people to turn off their cell phones and their iPhones and uh, everything when they came to church. In other words, when they come to church, right? you'd start off, the, the, the greeter would come off and say, before Mass begins, we ask, unless you need to keep it on because you're a doctor or a nurse sure. or a police or something, that you fulfill cell phones and everything be turned off. And it's not a large percentage of people, but enough. Even some priests who have been critical of that because uh, they are saying this is where people are now. Uh, that, mm. uh, maybe while you're preaching, they may be taking a note and putting it on their phone of something that you said. They may be texting out. Um, but then you have situations where people are um, live texting during funerals. We've seen that. We've seen that with uh, celebrity funerals. We've seen um, now with some... Um, some of the FaceTime, uh, Facebook video uh, work where people actually video. I mean, you could do um, Snapchat. Um, what's the one I use? Uh, Periscope. You could Periscope live feed of a funeral or a wedding, you know, uh, those types of things. Um, you have to ask yourself, how intrusive is all that? Right. I mean, what's, what's going on? What's, what's, the, uh, what's happening there? I, first of all, I don't think, you have, you have to say, first and foremost, that we're a digital culture now. Mm -hmm. We are a digital That's culture. Accepted, yeah. And it's not just a first world reality. It's, 
it's ubiquitous around the world there are now according to some statistics there are more cell phones now than there are people in the world numbers wise we've passed that number but I think well I look at I say well I've got five cell phones but only one of them works the rest of them are old I mean they're just there I've never supposed to turn them in but maybe that's the number but people as long as they have access to Wi-Fi, the internet, to satellite now, they're connected in a way that they never were. And that connection uh, is becoming part of who we are. Mm, mm. How we communicate. Uh, I mean, you're, you're in Vermont, and I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> That's yeah, a great example. Look at this. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, we, we've just in my family this morning just talking about we've got um, cousins all over the country, and we're going to have to come together on a, on a chat room because we need to talk about some common property that we own in Maine. And you, you never could have done that before. Now no. you can do it with no, with, with no cost. You just right. kind of sign up for service. But uh, so we can't escape the fact that we are a digital media, and you, we can't become luddites. You know, in the sense of uh, the old 19th century movement to, to turn away from all technology. Um, we, uh, it, 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 I say to the bishops and the priests, you know, uh, this is where our people are. I mean, my mother has an iPad. She's on her second iPad. You know, she's 88 <laughs> years old. Yeah, you know, bless her. Now we. She, she, when we gave it to her, she said, I'll never read, a, I can't read a book on my iPad. She doesn't, she reads nothing but books on her iPads now. You know? And uh, she loves it, you know. So it's not as if it's uh, it's generational in the sense of um, the learning curve. It's just attitudinal. Um, so I think there is, there is a challenge to that uh, because we have to ask ourselves, what's the dynamic now? How is this shaping and changing our audience? How is this shaping mm-hmm. and changing the way we communicate? How do I interact? Um, do do you begin to become creative? Do you begin to say, in my preaching, for example, um, should I have uh, live tweets that are going out as I'm preaching that I have somebody in the in the uh, up in the choir loft, you know, who's tweeting out my homily, you know, or something like that, or um, so that I could say to people, you know, if you want to catch some of the things I said on my preaching today, just go to my Twitter account. They're right there, you know. I mean, look, you could be creative. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It could be it sound gimmicky, but. Uh, you know, maybe that'll help people remember the message. Um, the downside is that we're, it's much harder to bring people into community and communion. Yes. You yes. know, um, the isolation that can come from the use of digital media uh, is, is uh, the difficulty becomes when people are con- contact, when people contact me, when they begin to hear the word of Jesus Christ in his church coming through my words on in digital media and my postings in digital media, and they say, I really feel called to return to the Catholic Church, or I really would like to be a part of the church. And I live in Oshkosh, right. and I say, well, you know, I, I can't help you there. I, I, I always just type out and say, is there anybody in Oshkosh that knows a good place for these people to go? You good, know? good, good, good. Um, but that's, but to move people from in front of the phone, the tablet, the iPad, the uh, laptop to actually coming to church, to community, to community. Right is a real challenge. And that's, and especially with our millennials, that is a challenge because they're always on and they're leading the field in, in technology, but they're not in the community of the church so often. They're out there tweeting right. and, and discovering the world in, very, in some, sometimes very helpful ways too. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, there are some millennials who well, let's talk about the millennials that are in our church that are going to church. There are some who connect with one community in particular, mm-hmm. but um, many uh, see themselves as Catholics without identifying with one community. 
so they'll go to the catholic center at university of vermont for mass at six o'clock one sunday the next sunday they'll go to the cathedral at ten o'clock or they'll go to st mark's or maybe they'll go to saturday night but they don't they're not connected with a particular place so much as they're connected with a particular communion which is the church and um but then again, how do you continue to maintain, how do you develop a community, one that's less about parish enrollment? Right. You know, they, they don't tend to sign up for a parish. Yes, uh, right. And that has implications, you know, um, I ran into it recently with one of my nephews wanted to get married in Pennsylvania, and I won't go into the details of the places, but he went to the church and he said, my wife and I, my fiance and I want to get married in a Catholic church, my mm. brother, my uncle the bishop wants to do it, and the first thing they said is, are you parishioners? And they said, well, we come here once in a while for Mass, but we, don't, we haven't joined a parish. Well, you have to be parishioners for so long before we'll allow you to be married here. You know, but to me, the dynamic is that's not the question you should be posing to anyone, first of all, but especially to millennials, because they don't, for the most part, they don't tend to sign up. And then they find the door out, and they don't come back. Well, but, yeah, that's kind of what happened, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, it was unfortunate, and it just really, uh, even when I talked to the priest, and it just couldn't. Fix it, you know. So um, that's besides that, but that's just an example of what can happen when you try and force a digital community of people that are formed in a different sense of community and communion into old wineskins. Right. Good. So, so that means we have to be creative. Twenty-first uh, century version of creativity has to be incorporated into our outreach, our ministry, as priests and as parishes. Um, here in Wayne, we have five parishes, and very often people are just segmented in those parishes. And once in a while, we'll have a funeral, so people from one church will come to another, and they're astounded. Oh, wow, we didn't know you were here, this or that. So there's a kind of isolation that goes with the old-fashioned church, if I could name it that. And there's a new orientation coming with the digital church when they... One of our parishes is really dynamic and has media, has screens, and has technology going on through the church. And people, well, different people react differently to it, of course. And it, it sure, certainly shows the experimentation going on in the church, trying to get the gospel out there and make it more relevant. Yeah, I, um, I always... When I use digital media, I always say, why are you using it, and how is it being successful? You have to, you have to ask those questions over and over again. Right. Um, is it, we, are we just using it because we can? In other words, I was at, I was, when I was down in, uh, in another state giving the retreat last week, I got there early, so I went to Mass at a, at a local parish, and they have the video screens up, and um, on the wall were, were all the words to the hymns, right? But then... Um, then it was, it was, you know, okay. But then, you know, the cantor got up and said, uh, our opening hymn is number 758 and you gather hymnals. And I was saying, well, it's up on the screen. You know, why are we, then why are we using the screens? And, you know, it's just, what's the purpose? And some of the people were, many of the people were using the hymnal were not looking at the screen. So, uh, mm. again, when you use stuff like that, you have to ask yourself at the end of the day, what's the purpose of what you're doing? Um, the other thing that a friend of mine who's a university professor and very involved in digital media and, and online culture and all that, we have lots of conversations about this, he's kind of come to a place where he says, I need to also 
be less I need to be less concerned about who's not here and I need to be concerned about who is here. Nice. You can get so caught up in digital media and trying to connect with people who are not in the buildings that you don't pay enough attention to the people that are in the building. Right. And um, you know, how many hours a day are you going to spend on in front of your laptop or on your iPad or, or, or you know, texting and tweeting and everything? Uh, you know, I try and limit myself to about an hour a day in the morning, and that's it. That's cool. um, you know, I pay. I, I watch. You know, some messaging that might come across, and I might answer it accordingly. But you have to be very aware that we are an incarnate church. Yes. And, um, the, the person in front of you is the most important person at that time. Back to Pope Francis. Got the look of the eyes of the people. Yeah, yeah. Bishop, this is wonderful. I love your insights. Um, we're going to continue again, if you don't mind. And sure. I'd like to know more about your role on the USCBB, the um, United States Conference of Bishops, as, um, I guess, you're, is it Secretary of Communication? Well, I'm sure. I'm sure chair of Communication. Elected chair for a three-year term. Okay, we'll pick that up on, on, on our next uh, segment. Is that all right? Thank you very much. This has been Father Louis Skirty. Honored to be with Bishop Christopher Coyne of the Diocese of Burlington, Vermont, talking about communication, media, 21st century, digital gospel. God bless you all. Keep us posted. Let me hear from you. Father Louis Skirty at hotmail.com. Uh, Bishop, do you want to include your um, email or any of your addresses? I don't usually give out my email. Okay. Um, but if you just say, uh, um, Twitter address at Bishop Coin or Facebook Bishop Coin. You got it. That's fine. Thank you very much. God bless you. If you've got a personal auto insurance question, you could talk to a cab driver, although the policies he recommends might include avoiding the interstate, beating traffic by taking the back roads, and only making left turns when absolutely necessary. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, whose policy is to use their expertise to navigate your insurance, finding the best route to help you save money on insurance for your home, car, and more. And as an added bonus, you'll be able to avoid traffic jams and potholes entirely. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should, too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.